Welcome to the Pilot's Advisor with Ryan Fleming, a first officer with FedEx on the 777 at the helm. On this show, we'll delve deep into tailored financial strategies, insights, and wisdom crafted exclusively for those who rule the skies. We'll help you navigate your financial flight plan with the same mastery you exhibit in the cockpit. Prepare for takeoff into a journey of financial clarity and empowerment. The Pilot's Advisor starts now. Hey, coming up on today's edition of the Pilot's Advisor, Ryan Fleming is once again joined by Lee Heider. They're going to continue their conversation about courageous investing and crafting philosophies around your retirement. So let's kick things off by diving into the big hangup with Howard Capital. All right, next topic of conversation, and this is going to be a fun one. We talked a lot about Howard Capital and their portfolios, and and I know a lot of my investors on the outside of a 401k want to get access to Howard, but... The big hang up with Howard, the clients are going to go do their research and they look at the fees and they go, oh my God, I want to get in that portfolio that has six basis points. And guess what? Their fees are out of control. Now, the first thing I'm going to say is, hey, Lee, all those returns are net of fees. That means all the expense ratios and all those fees are paid out. And that's the return. I was talking to uh, um, a few people about this and- you know, you get what you pay for, and I go. Would you be willing to pay, you know, one point five or two percent to get an extra three or four percent every single year? And the answer to that should be yes, all day long. Sure. sure. Um, how how do you justify when you look at the Howard portfolios when people when a client starts talking about fees and 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 how they they view it and say, hey, the, the fees are way too high for this. It, it's not performing, even though they've been in the portfolio eight months. Sure. Um, how do you how do you justify that? Well, you know, first of all, I think what you said in the very beginning is 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 really the the cornerstone. You really get what you pay for, and 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 number one, you know, I think I think people have been trained. We're a little robotic to say things, to look for certain things, but we really don't even know what we're looking for or why we're asking the question. So I think people are very quick to say, "Well, those fees are high." But in, in essence, if you really do it in reverse, if you take a look at the returns, and and to me, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, we have fee conversations, but when we talk about the returns that we historically have been able to produce, we're not going to produce them every single year. I mean, clearly, as we know, as every brochure says, you know, you know, past performance is no guarantee of future performance, but historically, the numbers are there. So to me, we've not had a problem when clients really understand that, yeah, you know, here's a, a Vanguard portfolio. There's certainly nothing a matter with it. And these are the fees, but these are the historic returns that this portfolio has achieved. These are the Howard Capital portfolios. These are the returns. The returns are just so much greater that it really isn't a fee conversation when they understand what they're getting and why the fees are higher. Well, one of the reasons why the fees are higher is they're doing more for you. And, you know, you have to pay for activity. If you have a portfolio that is simply passive, just sitting there collecting dust, doing nothing, well, I would hope it would be an inexpensive portfolio. But on the other side of a coin, you know, with the Howard Capital byline, you know, getting in, getting out of the market at an appropriate time, taking a, a advantage of sector rotations and, and market momentum, things of this nature, you know, that takes more human interaction, more activity, more keystrokes, which is inevitably more expensive but you get what you pay for and the returns don't lie. 
Well, exactly. And, and, and access to the algorithm that's been built out that takes a lot of money to keep it going and, and all the analytics that are involved in that. And so when I look at it, I go, yeah, return 25%. You might have paid 2% in fees, but that means it actually returned 27% because that Absolutely. 25 is net of all fees. So looking at the big picture, looking at it long term, and I actually had a conversation with Vance Howard himself about this. And I said, I said, Vance, you know, I mean, your returns are amazing. Like what we've done, it, it, it's, it's, it's truly remarkable. Um, how, how do you talk about the fees when you start looking at it? And he goes, you know what? If you want something passive and you want to go pay for the Vanguard, six basis points, 15 basis points portfolio, you're going to get very average returns. Sure. You know, if you want to be average, go to Vanguard. But if you want, if you want exceptional returns, you're going to have to pay for it. Right. And, and it's going to take a trader that knows what they're doing it's going to understand leveraging because going to understand momentum in the market. And then you're going to get exceptional returns. And then there's also a problem with people really understanding because, you know, they can look at a portfolio and say, well, this portfolio looks very similar to yours, but it really doesn't. You know, you can take two 3000 square foot homes and they're both 3000 square feet. They both have maybe three or four bedrooms. They've got beautiful kitchens, you know, but one house may actually sell for $150,000 more. And one of the reasons may be you, you don't even see behind the scenes. You don't see the difference in quality materials that they put in in that house. So it's the same thing in the portfolio. You can take two 50-50 allocations side by side, and they look identical to the average investor because they have 50% equity and they got 50% fixed income. But the performance and what they are built in and, and how they are managed are so completely different. And that's, again, goes back to the educational process to the client. Absolutely. Education is very key. Uh, with another transition, back to the S&P 500 and talking about the S&P 500. Attention aviators. When you've spent years in the cockpit managing the complexities of flight, isn't it time you navigated your retirement with the same precision? Introducing retirepilots.com. Right at your touchdown zone on our homepage, there's a beacon flashing, get my free toolkit. Click and you'll be cleared for a direct route to the Pilot's Advisor Retirement Toolkit, which is tailor-made for pilots like you. Inside, you'll find two important books, The Pilot's Advisor and Pilots Retire Early. Decipher the nine critical decisions when retiring before 65 and discover the seven lessons to help pilots land safely in retirement. But that's not all. This free toolkit is packed with altitude high value, including extras to get your retirement plans off the runway. When you order this free toolkit, you'll receive crucial tax planning information. You'll also discover ways to light the afterburners on your 401k, and you'll even earn a free portfolio analysis. So captains and first officers, don't let turbulence disrupt your golden years. Start your descent to a clear, comfortable retirement. Vector on over to retirepilots.com to grab your free Pilots Advisor Retirement Toolkit. And let's embark on this journey together. Retirepilots.com. So many clients talk about the S&P 500 and hey, that's the benchmark that they use, even though it's only US large cap stocks right. that we should be comparing the S&P to. The other thing I bring up to my clients when I talk about that, I go, hey, the S&P is great. I love it. Okay. But have you ever heard of the last decade? Sure. And the reality is from 2000 to 2010, the S&P 500 made exactly 0%. Right. Imagine retiring 
taking income out of your 401k. And over a 10-year period, it makes no money. It would truly blow up your whole portfolio. And so the message that I try to say to all my clients is, hey, the S&P 500 is great, but it is not nearly diversified enough. You need to engineer a portfolio that is, is truly diversified. You know, modern portfolio theory even states the more diversification you can have will increase your return and lower your risk over the long term. And 500 stocks is not true diversification. And on top of that, the S&P has been living and dying by the Magnificent Seven for years now. Right. So the far majority of those 500 stocks are not even doing what you needed to do. So I think when people focus so much on the prime cap or the S&P 500, they really don't understand investing and how diversification is your friend. How do you comment on that, Lee? Well, the, the truth is, I think the industry really does a disservice by tracking the S&P and the Dow the way they do, as if they are a portfolio. The only person that is going to get the S&P returns is the person who has 100% of their money in the S&P. And anybody who has 100% of their money in the S&P, you know, no disrespect, is a foolish investor because there's zero diversification. You know, so so the challenge is really understanding that you need diversification and you're not going to get diversification by having all of your money, number one, in the S&P or even all of your money in just the U.S. You need to be a, a diversified global investor with equity as well as within fixed income. But to me, I think what the industry should do, you know, and I, I, it's hard to do, but instead of putting the S&P 500 up as a daily benchmark because nobody's going to get just the S&P returns, as as I said, unless you're an S&P investor, you know, I think they would do a much better job for the average investor by simply having maybe a 50-50 allocation and saying, hey, on a daily basis, the average, you know, 50-50 investor, this would be a, an example of a return because that's what most people are getting. I think about Dave Ramsey when we start talking about this, because I feel like, you know, his average person that he's talking to is somebody that makes $60,000 a year, is right. in massive credit card debt, Right. And they continue to make financial mistakes with their money. Right. I'm trying to get my clients to not be at that you know, junior high level, but at the graduate level where we're going to let our money work for us, leverage our money to grow for, for long-term wealth, but engineering a portfolio that is much, much more diversified for the ups and downs that might be out there. So we're not living and dying by the S&P. Right. I, I, and, and again, I would hope that I know your client base is is mostly a lot of pilots and certainly, you know, excluding you, pilots appear to be a very intelligent group of people uh, who really understand, you know, a lot of intricate pieces to their world. I mean, every day when they go in that cockpit, there's literally but probably hundreds of individual buttons that need to be pushed and they need to know exactly what they are. So I, I would hope that a pilot that can, you know, get a plane from point A to point B also understands the intricacy of an of a portfolio and and how how much goes goes into building a portfolio like you and I do and, and how much goes into really managing it over the long term, you know, so you avoid that turbulence along the way or or maybe not avoid it, but you can get through it safely. Well, and that's the funny part. I mean, that's the challenge that I have is educating those individual pilots on that fact. And the funny part is I don't think they truly do understand it, but that type A comes out where they think they do. And and I I always talk about we don't know what we don't know. And I know Lee, you may not understand this, but where you're in a cockpit and you're looking to the guy to the left or right of you, and you realize right away that we're way too high and we're going to get slam dunked 
on this approach and the other guy sitting over there with no clue of what's right. what's about to happen. And a lot of that takes flying experience. It takes doing it multiple times. And honestly, like many other things in life, it takes screwing it up, you right. know, being that pilot with experience where they've, they've screwed that up so many times that now they're smarter. Now they're more, less emotional about it. They understand what's about to happen because in the avi- aviation industry, it's all about staying ahead of the jet, you know, having good descent planning and knowing where you are, knowing how to avoid the turbulence or fly around it. But in many cases, when pilots are in the investment world, they just don't know what they don't know. And and another big thing I see is, is pilots know they have to save for retirement, right. but they don't understand the distribution phase of retirement at all. Right. Yeah. Well, distribution is critical. I mean, it's a completely different skill set in what it takes to accumulate enough wealth to give you the income you want safely during retirement. And then when you reach retirement, as we say, you're no longer in the accumulation phase, you're in the distribution phase. So you've got to be very, very careful that if, you know, you're taking out a sizable amount of uh, money each month to maintain your reoccurring bills, then you need to be cognizant of the fact that you can't have the same portfolio during the distribution phase that you had during the accumulation phase. For sure. And the distribution phase is much, much more complicated than just saving money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know, know, one of the things I kind of, you know, equate good investing to is like golf. You know, golf is, you know, people, you know, go to a driving range and that's fine. But at the end of the day, golf is really about kind of training your muscles. You know, it's called muscle memory. And, you know, you and I maybe from time to time may come off a little callous that, when, when a client is a little panicked, you know, but because we have muscle memory as it relates to the market, we've been here a thousand times before, but our clients, number one, they're maybe new with us. Number two, they're new in this particular portfolio. So they don't have what I refer to as that financial muscle memory. And it's up to us to help them get through the, the next financial round of uh, investing. Well, that's for sure. We're definitely emotional uh, counselors for our clients because in many cases, we do have to talk them off the ledge. Absolutely. Speaking about talking off the ledge, I'm probably going to lose my battery shortly because I'm in an area where I am not plugged in. So we can keep going until we actually uh, you know, lose the juice. Well, it sounds wonderful. And I know you have a, a client meeting coming up as well in a little while. And, and I definitely appreciate your time talking about a lot of these issues um, do you have any other like client experiences that you've had over the past six months or even in your career that would be valuable for our listeners to, to, to gain some insight on, Hey, maybe I made a bad decision or, Hey, maybe that would, wasn't the smartest thing to do. You know, I would just really leave the listeners and viewers with the fact that the grass is not greener on the other side. You know, from time to time we've had people leave us and, you know, to my pleasure, you know, a lot of those people have come back to us. You know, because, you know, they they felt the other portfolio was going to be the answer. But all of a sudden, that portfolio didn't do what they wanted it to do. They didn't get the same relationship, the same confidence with the other advisor that they had with us. So I just caution all investors, you know, be very, very careful. If you're not happy with your portfolio, but but let's say, and I'm sure the clients love you, and I hope they love me as well, my clients, you don't need... Well. Uh, We lost Mr. Hyder, but I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation today where we got to talk about a lot of issues. You got to hear it from a very seasoned uh, advisor, um, and uh, Lee's always a wealth of knowledge. And and like he talked about, I love his ability to take some sort of a metaphor and help us make sense of what's going on in the market and and how that's going to work for us. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. We'll have Lee back on uh, many times after this. 
Take care. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.